0: number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Happy libations Friday, everybody. On Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to tell you that I think they probably should. Colt's low today. Ian Asbury's whispering. Billy Duffy's just strumming. What's going on over there?
1: I have no idea. I had them pegged, and I put in little amplifiers. Everything you could?
0: and it's just that low. Shake, 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 shake. Did you listen to, during the break, did you guys listen to the the sharetheroadsafely.gov spot? Didn't that start like it's going to be a a South Park commercial, like a a funny bit from South Park? It's so perfect. How are you recording that spot and somebody doesn't go, I think we're going to have to get somebody other than Hank. I don't think... Hank wasn't the right choice. I know you wanted a real trucker, but we got to get somebody a little bit better here. The best part about that, and I hope it's in the block every day.
1: I, this is my new favorite Well 50 PSA. Because that one was a classic. Mm, well 50. Well, it, it got it, me in it, trouble. You got you, Well, not really. Somebody got furious with you. and That I cut up Well 50 because it's absurd. Mm. Who writes that copy and says, yeah, well, I'm going to go 50? with that? Yeah. Is that the PSA is 38 seconds. That doesn't fit
0: anything anywhere. No, no. They got to be 15s, 30s, or 60s. I thought it was fake. I thought it was a South Park ad. It was great. I thought it was like a bit. It's it's hilarious um, to listen to that guy. Time was. Time. Was. <laughs> Roads used to be safer, but now they're not. That's why I keep oh, my distance. Oh, man. I said it last hour. I'm going to say it again this hour. Here we go, my man. Danny over at Zaxby's and the fine folks at Zaxby's on board with the Jeff Cameron Show. And we greatly appreciate it. Just so you know, their signature sandwich, a big old chicken sandwich, is delicious. Towers above all the others in size and deliciousness. In fact, Zaxby's signature sandwich. It's an extra large hand-breaded filet and three thick cut pickle chips. It's fun to say. A split-top bun. Comes with your choice of Zaxby's sauce or spicy Zaxby's sauce. Zaxby's sauce. Or you can get some
1: other sauce on the side if you want. They've got about uh, 15 others.
0: Bunch of sauces. It's big. It's delicious. Only at your neighborhood Tallahassee Zaxby's. Tallahassee Zaxby's a proud Golden Chief booster for 18 years. Go Noles. I want one of those right now. I do. I would do it. Sometimes a chicken sandwich just calls your name. Yeah, I I haven't had one in a minute. This is
1: the golden era of chicken sandwiches and Zaxby's holds up. That's the thing that you can say that's best about them. Because there's, I mean, it's like podcasting. When that took off, everybody had a podcast. Now everybody's got a chicken sandwich.
0: Which is good. Sometimes we all benefit. That's right. Let that competition thrive. Oh, you want to make a chicken? I'll try your chicken sandwich. I will. I'll do it. It's not better than Zaxby's. I'll give it a go, though. Yeah, more access, not less access to people. That's good. That's fine. If they want to put themselves out there in the podcast sphere, that's good. I can learn more about this guy or that guy or that gal. Nope. Yep, yep. Like this one. Don't like this one. I want hundreds of podcasts at all times.
1: So I know you're a big documentary buff. Huge. Something that was released recently that uh, you got me uh, (laughs) that I can't wait to watch is the American Gladiators 30 for 30. I just watched it. This is my childhood. I just watched it.
0: So it was. The most predictable result that you could imagine for those people is exactly how their life played I'm out i'm sure i I caught the first 10 minutes with malibu and Ooh. i'm like "Woo! all right What?
1: road, road hard. hard put up wet you got some bunk beds do you yeah i see <laughs> i see you working got some bunk beds so it was three things in the summer that i would watch as a kid mm-hmm. sports center mhm american gladiators mhm and then the NFL films recap of every team sixteen times an offseason.
0: Yeah. And they somehow in those NFL films, as we've noted before, could make a three and thirteen campaign sound like a team was on the cusp of winning the Super Bowl. Well, because they would gloss over seven straight losses. Oh yeah. It'd be like, and in week nine. That's right. The dream came to be. After yeah. seven straight losses yeah, on the road. Yeah. <laughs> they just Yeah. They hosted the two and seven Minnesota Vikings. A dominating performance that led to Yeah, yeah, yeah. That song, if it were on, I've just riveted immediately. Touchdown, Eric Red. Touchdown, Eric Ratt. <laughs> Bucks lead. By the way, so the uh when you go back to watch your American Gladiators thirty for thirty, which I've seen, um I did the uh I I I did the thing where I, you know how I like to predict, just solely based on the exterior. You want like, to know if you, when you judge people, you judge them correctly. Right, right. Yeah. And I was like, ding, 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 got this right years ago. It has all happened. That guy's broken down, hooked up, hopped up on goofballs, living on a ranch. This dude over here, yeah.
1: I just want to know what happened to Turbo, Laser, and Gemini. Those are the three biggies.
0: One of them you're going to be like, oh, no.
1: Oh really? Yeah, probably laser.
0: So he's um, there's there's uh, there's there's a guy that is just his knees and arms don't work anymore, (laughs) and you're kind of like yeah, he walks. And they were paid fifty bucks, I'm sure. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. The guy that was the uh, engineer, the mastermind behind it all, is the biggest sleazeball of all time, and he wanted he's he's a lot like uh, Vince McMahon, like the worst human being you can imagine. It's it's like that, you know. Making sure they're all on steroids, making sure they're addicted to things, making sure, yeah. You're fired. Yeah, it's just, it's awful. It's awful. But it's it's perfect. Yesterday, so I see that somebody in the chat noted that they're concerned uh, about corner. And, uh, and he says, I know we like green and Cypress, but that group just looked really bad against Florida and OU. We made uh, Ricky Pearsall and Marvin Mims look like Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. And it's a fair point. We, we ran into a, a listener yesterday, Jay, how are you? Nice to meet you yesterday, buddy, uh, who's a fellow Lakewood High School alum. But uh, he, was, he was saying, what about the secondary? And that's not the first time that's come up when I meet people out and about. Mm-hmm. They bring up the secondary. It is my concern, too. It is the number one reason that I don't talk about this team uh, alongside championship, national championship aspirations. I think they can win the conference. They can maybe make the college football playoff. That's the high end of what Florida State will do this year. I don't think they're elite after you get past the line of scrimmage on that side of the ball. I think they're average at linebacker at best, average. And I think that they're below, maybe, maybe below average in terms of championship level play in the secondary. I don't think they're great. I don't, I, there's not a single great player in that secondary.
1: There's not a single great player. I would agree with you. I think Renardo will be solid and above replacement level at any position that he plays. I think that that's the player I feel most certain about right now. Second in line, actually,
0: is Greedy Vance. I thought Greedy had an
1: excellent great camp, camp
0: great camp, and he's come a long way. He was always grabby, didn't and have slow. much technique, wasn't fast. But Tom, you know this. This is that that group. Let me tell you, the, the linebackers in the secondary, that group really puts to the test this conversation. Uh, and, and that is, are people willing to have a real conversation about what Florida State is or is not? And I talked about this at the beginning. I said, look, we're now judging them against the backdrop of championship aspirations. It's no longer are we good, Is no longer can we have a 10-win season. No, that's in the rear view. We accomplished that last year. They were a good football team last year. Now you aspire to great. You want to be dominant. You want to win national championships. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we are when we're operating at peak efficiency at Florida State. It's not true of other programs, but it's true here. So it's not unreasonable. And when you look at them, you can say they're going to be, I think, elite on offense. I think they will be elite on offense. That is a championship-level offense. Now, they don't have that world-class difference maker, that game-changer at wide receiver, the, the the sexy skill position player at receiver or running back. I like Benson a lot. Uh, is he transcendent? Is he, um, you know, uh, a, a top-ten pick at running back? Right. Is he in the conversation
1: after this year with Dalvin Cook and Warrick? Done.
0: Probably not. Yeah. Probably not. I like him a lot. I like him a lot. We've had a lot of good running backs not named Alvin Cook or Warwick Dunn.
1: That's fine. But if you look at the numbers for single season performances, and I get that there's more offense now we're going to run with a little bit more tempo, but that Trey kind of had an excuse me thousand yard season where he wasn't the starter for the first half, that shows you how dominant he could be
0: on the stat sheet. I like him a lot. I think he's a very good football player. He may ascend to greatness. He He might. He's got a shot. The offense is going, when they got Keon Coleman, this offense went from really, 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 really freaking good to awesome. I I really think they're going to be awesome because they've changed the tight end room. You already know what your quarterback is. You've got a deep and talented offensive line. The offensive backfield is loaded. And now you've got two real difference makers at wide receiver, maybe a star. At wide receiver. Okay, so I put that over here. I'm with you on that. Championship level and comparison offense. Gotcha. I just don't think they're that on defense at all. I think they're really good in the interior of the defensive line with some ifs. That's the problem. There are some ifs to the, even that statement. Because we don't know, first of all, whether or not you're going to even have the the waiver that we need for this group to be as deep and dominant as we think they can be. And then I, for, for Jackson, so if he's, you know, if Daryl Jackson's not on this defense, is, is not eligible to play, it's still a good defensive line, but he makes it great, the interior. If he doesn't play, they're good, but with a lot of ifs, because we we still don't, again, kid from Western Michigan, what the hell's his name? Fisk. Uh, yeah, Fisk. Braden. Um, So, you know, we haven't seen him play for us. We saw him out there running around, but he he couldn't do contact. He's got the body type, but I don't know what he is at this level. He played at Western Michigan. So we'll see. So that's an if. Daryl Jackson right now doesn't have the waiver. It's an if. There is some uncertainty there. Even more uncertainty, I think, when you get back behind that group. You're also thin at defensive end. You're good. You're really good at defensive end with your two starters. Yeah. But you're really thin. One of those guys goes down. Eh, you get to be pretty damn average real quick. Linebacker, your two starters are solid. That's all they are. They're not elite. They're just solid. They're solid starters. And if they get hurt, you're screwed. They're not, there's nobody that I like all that much after that group of two. There's, there's some guys that you're like, okay, he'll play for you, and he's okay, but he'll get exposed uh, in
1: coverage. It's, I think Omar Graham's got a shot. He's so early in his career that he could make that jump. But you don't want to have to have that. No,
0: he's not ready to be a star, right? DeMarco Ward had a
1: decent spring camp as well. But, yeah, these aren't – you see them and you know immediately type
0: players. Right, They're kind of of average right now, and we'll see if they take the next step. And then in the secondary, I mean, look, I do believe – I will say this. I do think Shaheen Brown's going to have a real good season. Um. Because I don't think he was healthy. Well, I know. He was not healthy in spring. And so he just didn't make plays. He was just sort of okay. He was okay. But I've seen him be good. You have too. We all have. So I know that good is in there. Yeah, and that Jamie Robinson role in this defense is perfect for his skills. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be good. I think if healthy, he's going to have a very good season. They've
1: got a couple of freshmen. I think that by the end of the year might be able to help, but September is what matters no, you got the two, most.
0: two, your biggest games, two in the first four, year, uh, four yeah. games. So the hard that, part. That's is- where we're at with this team is that they're going to be championship level, elite on offense, and I think they'll be good on defense. I need them to be great if we're going to aspire to win a national
1: championship. Yeah, the hard part here is how do you. How do you reconcile two different things? One is that the game is skewed towards offense and and quarterbacks putting up big numbers and receivers putting up big numbers and point totals being in the upper 20s, lower 30s. That's kind of the standard if you have a really good offense is that you should expect to score around 30 points, give or take, every single week. So how do you reconcile that against our expectations for an elite defense? If we had two shutdown corners to go along with this defensive line, of course we're going to be really, really good, but you'd still probably give up 17 24 points no, a game? No, it's a good offense.
0: You're going to give up a lot of points.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So what are we trying to get out of this group? Are we trying to get out of this group a point total per game, and that's all that matters? We don't care how you arrive there. Or are you are you looking to produce NFL draft picks at the position? I just – the game is so skewed towards the offense, I don't know that anybody really has multiple shutdown options in the secondary across the country because if they did – they would look different than everybody else. The game is already – it's too skewed towards the offense is my point.
0: Uh, Fentrell Cypress has got to be good. I think if he comes in and plays well, he didn't do anything in spring. Correct. We know what he is from his time at Virginia. We saw him play in big games and play well. I mean, it's all relative, big for Virginia. But he he played well. I need him to be good for us, obviously. That stands to reason. But he he wasn't good in the spring. He was just kind of there. And so uh, I know you're learning a new defense, and you're you know figuring out your teammates, and you're a veteran player. And spring is kind of annoying. So I, I got gotcha. you. It's very
1: important though that we point that out because Greedy Vance' growth towards the end of the regular season last year and through spring, he looks like a completely different player that showed up and was learning the defense. He was kind of a veteran when he was here. Yeah. And yet you thought within you know two weeks of camp, at least I did, his first camp that. That's not going to play, man. He's not quick enough. He's, he's going to get called for defensive holding or pass interference every time he's in a one-on-one situation. Now he's turned into somebody that I think in the slot is a really good cover option, considering that we have a lot of shifty, fast guys underneath that he would go against every day. That's legit impressive, what he did. But that shows you that it might take some time in this scheme to come up to speed. So that would be how I would defend. Also have a new
0: defensive backs
1: coach. Exactly. This is how I would defend... Central Cyprus not doing much so far, yeah, but not. it is fair to say he has not done much through one spring camp.
0: No, I'm not making any assumptions about who or what he is either uh, as a player. I, I I don't look at that spring as, uh, as I look at somewhat indifferent. I just noted that he didn't really make any plays. Yep. He was just kind of like, all right, all right, we'll see. Uh, I, I, I'll i take it back. He made a few plays. He just never consistently made plays. When he made a play, you go, oh, oh yeah, there right. it is. There it is. Yeah. You were kind of like, oh, uh, it's good to see that.
1: You, you good didn't to say see that. Correct. We have uh, the group of the War chance staff next to each other. Yeah, we're and when, all standing there, yeah. When there's somebody who's consistently dominant in practice, I believe one of us will say, that's what he does. That's what the hell he does. For Fentral Cypress, it was, oh, nice play. It wasn't, that's what he does,
0: guys. Just forget it. Set it and forget it. What point total for the defense would you be happy with? Is it a per-game question, Tom, or for the season? Uh, if it's a per-game uh, point total? I think we did this yesterday a little bit. Um...
1: Got to be low twenties if you're going on the 12 game average. There are per- too many bad offenses that you're facing.
0: Well, you're going to dominate some teams like you did last year. I mean, good lord, you beat Miami 45 to three. You beat Syracuse like a drum. You shellacked Georgia Tech, and you were just going through the motions. Um, listen, I think the interior of the defense is that good. Uh, I do. If if every, and, and that's the if if Daryl Jackson's playing for yep. money, meaning this is his money year, and you know, obviously you've got an elite top 10 pick type player at defensive end, which we do in Jared Verse. They're going to change what's possible because it is, you know, second and eight a lot. Yeah. It is, you know, that you're going to dictate terms. You're going to constantly be facing offenses behind the chains. I think if I were facing Florida State, by the way, I don't know that I would line up and try to run the ball. I'd spread them out and throw it. And I would really challenge the linebackers in coverage because they're not good. And I would uh, challenge this secondary if I had the personnel to do it. That's where Florida State's going to have to prove it against teams that can throw the football. If you want to run against us, good luck. I know last year you could. If you were any good at all up front on the offensive line, you could run against us last year. This is where that defensive line changes the game this year. But when we're deciding on the points per game discussion, one of the problems is that your offense is going to score a ton and they're probably going to play pretty quick. I think they're going to play up-tempo. So teams are going to have more chances. You really need to go points per possession. You really need to look at yards per play metrics. Those kinds of things are going to tell you more about what this defense is or is not instead of just total points. I think you could give up 24 to 27 points a game uh, if, if we're just looking at how many opportunities teams are going to get in garbage time and 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 how many times that you're going to beat somebody, you know, 49 to 24 or something like that, it's probably going to happen a lot. Uh, so I, I, I think the metric that I would use to judge them is different.
1: Yeah, I hear you there. I also would say this, and, and we've talked about this, about linebackers, how it pertains to linebackers. If that defensive line is deeper and more talented, and we think it's going to be, if some of the ifs pan out, like the waiver for Daryl Jackson and Braden Fisk is at 100% for fall camp. We expect that to be the case. That is a linebacker's best friend. To have a clean lane to operate oh, yeah, in, yeah, yeah. to get downhill, to not have to guess, to not have to be put in conflict by the most basic of plays that are coming at you. You've got to make a choice and you look like a fool if you make the wrong one. It is also the best friend of a defensive back if you've got a healthy and good defensive line. Jared Verse Point blank was not healthy for a huge chunk. Right. Obviously, and
0: Leavitt wasn't healthy for the entire season.
1: You think that the Wake Forest game, you know, the offense looked a little bit different in the first half and the second. Why was that? They used Jared a hell of a lot more in the second half. Yeah. Magically, we look a lot better. And you're in position to make some plays, and you do get some stops. So I think all of these guys in the back seven are going to look better as long as the defensive line is healthy. It's their best friend because you don't have time and you're in obvious down and distance situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it. Our own NFL team. A lot of the same secondary members were on the Bucks from the championship team to last year. Last year they looked average. Championship level team, or I'm sorry, the Super Bowl champion team. That defensive back group was elite. Well, the pass rush was amazing yeah, the year yeah, of they the they championship. Got, they got to the quarterback. There yeah. was no pass rush last year. So you look like a fool if you've got to cover for multiple seconds. And hopefully we don't have to do that as much. Dean did have one of his best years, though. He did, he despite good all year. of
0: yeah, that. He had a good year.
1: Just to just decide. But Murphy bunting looked good, uh, and, yeah, then. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, I don't know if he's good at Well, I mean, if JPP's healthy and you have Shaq Barrett, he's going to look a hell of a lot better. Yeah, it
0: changes the dynamic a little bit.
1: Yeah. Same thing, I think, would go for
0: Jerrion or Renardo or Greedy or all these guys. I just... Yeah, but I think we could objectively say that there is no shutdown corner of this group so far. I don't, I don't see anybody that you go like oh, that guy is Jalen Ramsey. You don't, you don't see that. I mean, you could look at Jalen Ramsey when he's he, he was here and go, man. Now I he there was a ton of help, but we knew within five minutes. Yes,
1: correct, correct. I, I get emotional <laughs> about how we have not had a shutdown corner in so many years as well. But I would say that when we faced Oregon, we still gave up a boatload of points with a shutdown corner. Like, yeah. It's just, that's well, he turned it over
0: 15 times, but yeah.
1: That's true, but even without the short field, they were going up and down the field on Yeah, they us. were.
0: Yeah, Offenses and, ruled the day. And that's Even the that thing. Georgia team last year gave up 30 in the SEC championship game to LSU, gave up points to Florida, you know, all that stuff.
1: Right. So it's just, it's hard for me to look at these two things and say they're mutually exclusive. What's the definition of a good secondary anymore would be the easy way to answer the question. The game is so skewed towards the offense that, it's very difficult to be a good secondary anywhere. Here, Georgia, Alabama, or UTEP.
0: <laughs> that came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, got, my, my, I was sitting there thinking about the point I wanted to make and all of a sudden, the very thing I made fun of, that once you turn 40, random, massive cough sessions for no freaking reason. It was no reason. I was just sitting here and all of a sudden... It's crazy. I'd like a doctor to tell me why that is. Do we need to apologize to Jim Lamar? No. He wasn't in his 40s when that happened. He wasn't? No. It was, uh, well, no, I don't think so. He was in his 30s. Jim was a coughing Jesse way back when you first met him. He can't help himself. He's always coughing. Jeff ninety 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day, and I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se, and I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, It had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's athletic greens. And uh, I, I take mine, basically, when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash jcs. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. athleticgreens.com slash jcs. Doing, cause I'm about to ruin. Jeff Camerson, 93.3, Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, party. Libations, Friday. Thank to you. you for tuning on into the program today. What's going on at the Memorial? Here's what's going on at the Memorial, Jeff. Deki Matsuyama's kicking ass out here at seven under, all from today's 65 after he was even par yesterday. Lots of people went low today. Rory McIlroy would be in the lead of this tournament had he not, was it, tripled 18 yesterday? Yeah, triple. Get your ass. Get it together already. Anyhow, he's at four under. Six under, there are two. Dave Lipsky. Get the hell up out of here, Dave. It's a great name. Yeah, you didn't win at nothing. Patrick Cantlay there at minus six. He's won this tournament before. It was a gift. John Rom tested positive for COVID. They told him, have a good day. And there it was. Patrick Cantlay walked into a win that he would not have won. <laughs> not even close. Just thought I'd point that out. Other big names on the day. I'm doing this for those that wager because I wager and I needed Matt Fitzpatrick to do a whole lot better than he did yesterday. And he came through for me. Good job, Matthew Fitzpatrick at ass. Sorry, plus five yesterday. And we're all the way back to even par. Hey, that was a big, big shot on 18. Yeah, remember that? We were watching that. That's right. So my man is at 68 in the clubhouse today. Good job, Matthew way to get it together. Hell. Um, John Rahm is right there with him and he was much better. Call more cow. Coming on now. Here we go, guys. Here we go. Let's win daddy some money. Sounds like a good Sunday leaderboard
1: two weeks out from the U S open. Perfect. Nice little tune up.
0: I wonder what was going on yesterday. It's kind of weird. You had a lot of people do what I just described. Like, so yesterday your leader was even par today. He goes seven under yesterday. Matthew Fitzpatrick was, you know, plus five. He ends up today at even par, uh, for the tournament. Uh, Xander Shopley yesterday shot a 77. Today, he shot a 66. Did those guys go out during a bad wave that I don't know about? Like, Did something happen? Was it like the British Open situation that infuriates me? Was George Whitfield throwing stuff at him as they were <laughs> what, swinging the golf What, what was club? going on there yesterday? I saw where somebody else, by the way, uh, suffered uh, an attack via Alligator. And I just love that, again, Listeners of this show alert me to these things whenever possible. Um, and I, uh, I saw that uh, this alligator attack occurred as uh, perhaps somebody was going to alleviate themselves.
1: Oh, take some relief.
0: Yeah, take some li- relief. Stance yeah. relief. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it ended up being uh, they lost their arm. I got to double check if that's what that was. But thanks, guys. I don't want you to think I'm not noticing. Yes. I saw that story. A lot of gator attacks this year. That's good. It's good. We need more of them. That old woman out walking her dog. You cannot live on a pond where there is a huge gator and everybody knows it, so much so that it has a name, and then you walk your poodle down by the pond and not think bad things are going yeah. to happen. Get it together, lady.
1: Quite literally, that is where my parents live. She in, can't get
0: it together now. In
1: East Eastlake. Uh, we have that, that golf course, Landsbrook, had, uh, I think it was an 18-footer. That it was just around. It was known An 18-footer? Well, that was on the course, but they could meander into the neighborhood where my parents live. And there are gator signs everywhere in that pond. There are benches, but the benches are pretty far from the line of the water so that you can enjoy the view without the danger. But there is a sign every 10 feet that says, Don't be dumb. Don't walk your dog near the water. Thank you. That's essentially what it says. I found the
0: story. I was right. Sort of right. It's better than I thought. Florida man Jordan Rivera whose arm was savagely ripped off by a (laughs) 10-foot alligator. (laughs) The writer chose to put savagely. I added Uh, savagely. That's not the AP story. Dang. Was peeing in a pond because this bar line is too long. Yes. Nothing like drunkenly having your arm ripped off. The Florida uh, bar goer. Uh, has revealed he was mauled while peeing in said pond from his bed in Fort Myers in an intensive care unit. Jordan Rivera said that he only left busy Bandito's bar for a quick pee. Oh, no. In the early hours. We found Bandito's. Because the restroom line was too long. Quote, I saw a little lake out there. I was trying to go over there and take a pee. I didn't realize how big it was. Something happened where I either tripped on the ground below. That's called drunkenness, sir. Or I didn't see it right, and I kind of just went down. I ended up in the water in that moment. Goodness gracious, at night. And that's the last thing I remember. It was utter confusion. And then I woke up in a hospital. I was told that my arm had been ripped off by an alligator. At least you don't remember it.
1: Yeah, if you're going to lose it, that's the way to do it.
0: This is my favorite part of the article. I looked over and I saw my arm the way that it was, you know? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) That's a quote in the article. It was the craziest thing. Like out of a movie um he did go on to say look i didn't lose my life i lost an arm it's not the end of the world Tuffy, eh, toughy buddy you're not gonna like this life without an arm it's not as fun because you knew the difference you did quote they don't even serve food at the bar so i couldn't have even served <laughs> <laughs> wait what He wanted to dispel a rumor that the real reason he got his arm ripped off was that he went to the lake to feed the gator. Some people said that's what happened, and he said, no, man, they don't even serve food at the bar. I couldn't have served that gator food even if I wanted to. It's just not true. (laughs) Who starts a rumor about some dude getting his arm ripped off in the middle of the night? I just like that that's where his principle kicks in. Like, hang on a minute. You know,
1: I heard a lot of things about how this happened.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I got to set something straight. Let let, let me tell you all, I wasn't out there feeding this gator. I was trying to pee, okay? It's very important that you know. This is also funny, by the way. He marveled at Bandito's regular... (laughs) He marveled at Bandito's regular Manny Hidalgo. Hidalgo, who takes his pet cat, Mr. Tom... Bar hopping with him. <laughs> he marveled at Manny Hidalgo. Why? For rushing over to pull him to safety oh. amidst the commotion. The first thing I would do is shake the man's oh, hand. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Said Rivera. Perhaps forgetting that he'd lost his arm. Uh, the mauled man's mom, Teresa, also hailed those who raced to help, including Army veteran Trent Rozier, who told the Daily Sun that he used a belt as a tourniquet, kneeling on Rivera's shoulder to stop the bleeding while they waited for him to be airlifted to the hospital. Shouting like Kiefer Sutherland while he's doing so, no doubt. I called them Angels. The chance of someone being there with a tourniquet to help me tourniquet this is a miracle. No, they're just fellow drunkards at the at the bar. <laughs> Anyhow, uh it was a ten and a half foot gator. They euthanized it because uh my, my man here. Because he can't stand without falling into the water. Great. His drunken ass fell into the lake, and now that gator's dead. Damn it, man. Uh, I just think that's awesome. There's just a dude who's a regular at the bar with his cat, Mr. Tom, on his shoulder. Bandito's regular, Manny Hidalgo, you are a hero. I think
1: maybe that's a new shirt that we should sell. Bandito's regular, Mr. Hidalgo, and then we can sell a cat that goes on the shoulder.
0: Oh, well, the, just and the cat Mr. right there. Tom. Yep. Bandito's regular. Yeah. That's so good. I can picture drinking a tall cold one next to Manny and his Mister Tomcat, along with uh, this dude here. I never
1: get the euthanized part of it, man.
0: Like, well, what about, eh, they, they get a taste for the
1: blood, Tommy. Well, I mean, if somebody stumbled into the wrong apartment or home or right. whatever, uh, they get shot. Yeah, and then they get beat up. What are you going to go as a cop, walk into the person who owns the home and <laughs> shoot him? <them? laughs>
0: got uh, you know they've had a taste of it. There you go. It's like, uh, what was the name of the gorilla they had to shoot? Because the dumbass let their kid fall into the enclosure, Harambe or whatever that was. Remember that? Oh, is that what the that? Harambe story? Yeah, was? that's what that was.
1: I just always remember people saying drinks for Harambe. Yeah, and, yeah. It's
0: yeah. tragic though. I mean, there was not that poor gorilla. It wouldn't do anything wrong. His dumbass let their kid fall in there, and they shot the poor gorilla. He wasn't even trying to kill a kid. You got to go. Yeah, why? Why? Because she's stupid. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Chad TV.
2: The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com.
0: Jeff Cameron show live Friday. Man, this it blew past today, guys. You know, we have an opportunity at some point, Tom, just as an aside, because he played well today, to bring uh, Sepp Straka on the program. We should do it. i doing a little separate uh, bonus pod with Sepp Straka. Didn't he, Matt Kuchar, his way into a top 10 or 12
1: at the PGA?
0: Yeah, he's currently top 10 right now, so he's playing well. All right. We got any scores two to one Washington in the fourth over Utah for those wondering about softball. That's where we sit. Didn't mention it yesterday should have in the process of, uh, talking about softball since we were doing back to ball sports before we do probables and all that other good stuff. Um, really pleased with the reshaping of the roster right now for Florida state baseball, a good day, uh, just a day ago as, uh, or Wednesday, I should say, um, you know, you, you you found out first of all yesterday that Tibbs was coming back, and I was really surprised by that. You're talking about a kid who hit 338, had 17 bombs on the season, has a sweet stroke. I mean, I you know from the get go, we've talked a lot about how he's a he's a major league hitter. He's he's got a lot of talent. Um, so he comes back, which is nice. And uh, then you have uh, so that confirmation happened. Then you get the. uh you know, confirmation that Cam Smith, who was an uh, all-ACC freshman uh, this year, returning, you know, after a horrible season like this, you never know. You know, a lot of guys could be upset, so he's one of the guys that you would want back off this team. And then you find out that USC, uh, UCF freshman uh, <clears throat> infielder Drew Farrow is coming in, and I watched his dad play, Adam Farrow. I remember him. This is, uh, this is what happens. You get old, and you watch people's kids come through here now after you watch their dads come through. Uh, Drew Farrell, by the way, last year at UCF hit 15 home runs in his first season of college baseball as a freshman and uh played really, really well. He hit uh, let's see, hit 260, 51 RBIs, and 15 homers as a freshman. bodes well, that'll do. That will
1: lengthen the lineup at the very, very least. Yeah, Might it does. Do more.
0: Yeah, and, I, and Adam was a really good player here. I remember him in the mid 90s, he was a good player. Uh, anyhow, so you have a freshman infielder coming in, you've got your your Cam Smith coming back, he's got a lot of power obviously, uh, I mentioned already that you get Tibbs back, and then other good news was that uh, you got Alex uh, Lodacy, I think is how you say his name, Lodice maybe uh, I'm not real sure, uh, I did not see North Florida play this year, but he was a shortstop, started 55 games this past year for the Ospreys and he was first team All-Atlantic Sun last year, went 307, 16, and 63 for the slash line. Okay. 16 bombs, shortstop, 63 RBIs, hit over 300. Yes, sir. Add him to the list. University of Alabama outfielder Max Williams announcing that he is going to join the Knowles. As a freshman, he played very sparingly, hit 320 for Alabama in his first year. Highly regarded coming out of high school. In fact, he's from Jacksonville. He was rated the number 21 outfielder nationally when he came out in high school. 83rd best prospect in the country at the time. Uh, by Perfect Game USA. So you're, flip, you're seeing it now. The, the roster flip is underway.
1: The roster flip is underway, and we understand what the philosophy is for Link Jarrett, which is to specialize. Mm-hmm. He wants players who can play certain positions, and they are there only to play that position, not athletes who don't have a home on the baseball diamond. They know where to play. They know the ins and outs, and that way you mow it down one by one. Now, the thing is, can you bring in some arms, more of them, And can we see further development from the guys
0: who had a nice
1: finish to the season? So, we'll
0: see. Yeah, there just hasn't been a lot to uh, talk about, obviously, with Florida State Baseball. And we all knew that this last season was a devastatingly sorry season. But we also know Link Jarrett, can coach, has been successful everywhere he's ever been. Diehard Noel was an All-American here himself. Wants to flip this sooner rather than later. And he's in the process now. And I think we're not even close to done. You're going to see some more in the way of pitching. Uh, this could be a dramatically different looking baseball team next year. It's really weird how this mirrors Norvell. You know, other than the the you know Norvell obviously didn't go to school here, but I'm saying that that's crazy to think about.
1: Well, you also think about that this could happen sooner and quicker for a couple of reasons, not the least of which is there's no COVID. You know, and that was something that hindered Mike Norvell's ability to flip things quicker. Couldn't establish the relationships in the state that he needed to. Link Jarrett is fortified in the game, and he has done so at a higher level than Mike Norvell did before Mike took the job here in Tallahassee. So the things that you have that are an advantage if you're trying to compare roster flip for roster flip is that Link is more established in the baseball community and that there is no restriction on where he can go and who he can see like there was for Coach Norvell. Which Correct. Is, it was
0: a year plus where he couldn't talk to kids face-to-face. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, no chance. No, no, no chance. That was a, a nightmare scenario. Remember talking about it at the time, but when losses mount, it gets lost, and uh, you know it's hard to be patient. It's hard to be patient, especially when you're on the wrong end of ass kickings. So it's 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 really difficult. If people don't know you. This is not your territory. You know now it is.
1: State of Florida and the Southeast region knows who Mike Norvell is and who these assistant coaches are. But when they got here, like who are they?
0: I've never heard of them before. Yeah, this is why we knew that would be slow and why you had to go to the portal as much as you did and all that good stuff. Our friends at Power Mill have jumped on board this year with us for baseball season. We appreciate that. Thanks to Power Mill Training Academy, who equip and motivate athletes focused on baseball and softball with specific tools to reach their true potential. And after all, that's what you want. You got kids playing softball, kids playing baseball. You want them to have a good time. And one of the ways to have a good time is to maximize your ability to play the game. Do that by having strong fundamentals and get taught the right way Uh, they do that at uh, Power Mill also have youth camps Uh, a lot of fun those youth camps are I sent my kids to them as well PowerMillSports.com is where you want to go for that time for probables cue it up baby it's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables I don't know why I think this every time I see it it's Lou Gehrig day in Major League Baseball by the way Poor Lou Gehrig, out of Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> Makes me laugh every time I think about it. <laughs> Brutal. What's that from? That's from a joke uh, that, um, what's his face, that was in that Fireman show that you liked? Dennis Leary? Yeah, Dennis oh, okay. Leary said that joke. He goes, Rescue me. He's... I haven't thought of that show in forever. Yeah. The joke, basically, I'm paraphrasing, was that uh, he said, uh, You know, back in the day, those guys, they used to tell them all the time, man, somewhere there's a disease with your name written all over it. (laughs) On Lou Gehrig's day, we uh, tip the cap. Too soon for Lou Gehrig jokes? Brewers Reds, Corbin Burns and Brandon Williamson. Athletics Marlins, Hogan Harris, Edward Cabrera. Cardinals Pirates. Suck it, Cardinals. Jack Flaherty, only Flaherty. Roanzie Contreras. Come on, Roanzie. Get it done at PNC. It's Lou Garrick's Day, damn it. Phillies, Nationals, Zach Wheeler, Josiah Gray. Rays, Red Sox, Tyler Glasnow, Garrett Whitlock. Blue Jays Mets, Chris Bassett, Justin Verlander. We've got the Mariners and the Rangers, Luis Castillo, John Gray, Angels, Astros, Shohei Atani. Hey, he's good at baseball. Cromber Valdez. Rockies Royals. Chase Anderson. Anderson. Jordan Lyles. Guardians Twins. Aaron Savalli. Bailey Over. Tigers White Sox. Reese Olsen. Mike Clevenger. Cubs Padres. Jamison Tyon. Having a rough go of it is Jamison Tyon this year. A little 0 3 with an 8.04 ERA. No, you just hate to see it for the former Pirate. Michael Waka goes for the Padres. We've got the Braves and the D backs. Charlie Mort- Morton. Morton! Merrill Kelly goes for the uh, D-back, because he always does. Yankees-Dodgers, Luis Severino, Clayton Kershaw, good matchup there. Orioles-Giants, Dean Creamer, and Logan Webb. That is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Feel good about your matchup with the uh, Blue Jays, buddy? Playing some good baseball right now. Lower third of the lineup starting to hit. All right. Yeah, you guys are 30 and 27. So are they. 16
1: and 0 if the starting pitcher can reach the sixth inning. Complete it. We just nice. have not had anybody complete more than five innings in more than half our games.
0: Matthew, quick uh, Director Matthew question. At 25 and 31, you feel good about the Phillies finishing the season eight or more games above 500? Yeah. Uh-huh. He says they'll come around. At some point, they will come around.
1: Interesting. Well, Kyle Schwarber can do better than he's done. With two singles? He's got two singles since April 28th. Tuffy, There are 11 different major leaguers who have had two singles in an inning. And I understand <laughs> that he's not there to hit singles. It's no, he's just... there to hit for, hit for power. But uh-huh. he has, excuse me, singles with no shift now. It tells you just how out of sync that that dude is. If he gets in sync, he dominates for a month and he'll hit 15 home runs and they will win 20
0: games in a month. That's what Director Matthew is clearly counting on.
1: Clearly. Maybe,
0: <laughs> maybe two months worth of that in order to catch up to get to eight over 500. Well, the uh, Cardinals Pirates uh, rings, especially true to me always. Loathe the Cardinals. Need my buckles to rise up at PNC. We play better on the road. I almost wish we were in St. Louis. What about Merrill Kelly and the D backs? They're 34 and 23. I know. What the hell? Merrill Kelly having started 40 times this year. At least it feels that way every time I do problems. Like, Merrill Kelly again? Sweet Jesus. Are the boys interested in the NBA finals at all? Oh, are... yeah, absolutely. We watched last night, and obviously, I, I think Denver's going to win that series rather easily. Um, it holds their interest, even though it looks like it's going to go the way that Vegas thought it was going to go? Yeah, bro, well, listen, uh, if you, if you want to watch an incredible player with a unique talent like Nicole Jokic, then you can watch him play anybody because it's ridiculous. And I remember thinking if I was Miami like that, the zone really worked well against Boston because they're five out and all they do is shoot threes. It's a real problem when you've got a decision maker in the middle of that zone like Jokic. That's going to be a long afternoon or night. Good work out of you. You guys have a great weekend. Be well. Good job, Director Matthew. Peace.